0: For more on the markets and some stock picks, let's welcome in Burns McKinney, Managing Director, Senior Portfolio Manager at NFJ Investment Group. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. So what are you thinking? Obviously, we're going to get some inflation prints this week. What are you waiting for? What are you anticipating?
1: Well, you know, we we always hesitate to really focus on one individual data point, but we do expect to see a confirmation of the trends that we've had um, over the last couple of uh, over the last couple of months. Um, you know, inflation is is pulling down, and you know, I think the consensus is aware that inflation is pulling back. But I think the one take that we have that's a little bit out of consensus is that we do expect inflation to come down probably a bit more quickly than investors are expecting. I mean, you had. A lot of what was driving inflation last year were base effects, which mathematically speaking have to fade. Uh, Supply chain bottlenecks are starting to thaw, and we've seen fuel prices come down. Uh, Retailers have been discounting. And probably from a macro perspective, the biggest driver is that there's an unbelievably strong correlation between the M2 money supply growth and inflation with about a 15-month lag. You saw that Money supply growth peaked in about February of, of 2021, and sure enough, we saw some peaks in inflation data in about the middle of 2022. So, you know, we've seen you know money supply growth has slowed. In fact, if you look at what it's doing over the last several um, months, you're actually looking at money supply growth that's slower than it was even pre-pandemic, which suggests that uh, a cool down in inflation, um, you know, throughout the rest of this year is really you know already baked in.
0: Mm, understood. How do you think inflation may come down faster than anticipated? Because I think I think that's sort of a little bit of contrarian view. I'm not sure anybody really feels that inflation, can, I mean, we'd all love it. And, you know, everybody's tired of the Fed and the, and the rate hikes. But how do you think inflation will come down?
1: I think one of the biggest things is, the thing you always worry about with inflation is that it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy uh, based on investor uh, expectations. If people expect higher inflation, they require higher wages, and it can actually snowball of itself. And you know, one thing we haven't seen is we've seen that investor expectations for inflation never really got terribly high. And in fact, we've seen uh, the recent data points show that those are coming down as well. Uh, probably one of the things that makes this a contrarian call is the fact that. That the jobs market is still fantastic. You have low unemployment. Um, you know, jobs look great, and so yeah. You know, and I think the, the the Fed looks at the Phillips curve and says, okay, well, if you know, job market is tight, then we should see more inflation than we're seeing now. But you know, that Phillips curve relationship uh, between unemployment and inflation um, has really been broken down for most of this uh, most of this century, and so that's one reason why it should actually be a little bit maybe outside the norm of expectations and, and gives investors um, something to expect now that said it probably won't come all the way down to where it had been for much of the past decade I think there are some structural factors that keep it from coming you know back down to the sub two percent level uh, you've had sort of some reversals of globalization but nevertheless um, to get that below you know below the four percent level should come more quickly than uh, than people might even in fact be uh, pricing it.
0: So when we come to your sectors that you like, um, there's definitely a theme—a little bit more defensive, right? Because healthcare, um, even industrials, but tech, a little more risky. Tell me about these three sectors.
1: Well, l- looking at the tech space, that's definitely one that you know it got. It got hit a bit last year, um, based primarily on the fact that you, know, you had the Fed raising rates aggressively, and you know, some investors think of the, some of the tech names as being long-duration financial instruments. You know, a lot of their values derived from cash flows you expect into the future, so they're more sensitive to that. That's one of the things that kind of brought some of those valuations back down to earth. But you know, there's a couple of ways of thinking about that. First of all, a lot of the tech names that really are most at risk are some of the those that don't pay dividends and don't even have necessarily positive earnings. Within tech, we do like some of those that are producing a lot of free cash flow and those that are paying dividends. And you know, likewise, there's a, there's a lot to like in the tech sector as far as you've got. It's the sector that has the most cash on balance sheets. It has some of the lowest dividend payout ratios so you have the best room for future growth and there are is still a continuation of a lot of long-term secular drivers things such as um, you know cloud computing and uh, just you know wireless data demands so uh, or in e-commerce as well so yeah you, know, you like that about tech you know within industrials industrial capacity utilization is still pretty high um, and there are also some secular trends there such as um, you know I think just in a, a world of Heightened geopolitical uh, uncertainty. You have uh, defense spending, as well as infrastructure spending, is getting a a pretty substantial boost from some of the uh, the federal stimulus that's been put in place. Yeah,
0: yeah. And look, you know, there's still a lot of concern pertaining to Russia and Ukraine. I mean, so much so that they're telling U.S. citizens to depart the country at this point. So you're right; there is a lot of uh, geopolitical uncertainty there. Without a doubt. And so let's go some of the names that you like. I'm curious about the names that you've brought to us today. You have Digital Realty Trust, Verizon, and Zoetis. Tell me a little bit about each one and why these are stock picks.
1: Sure, uh, Zoetis. Uh, a lot of folks aren't as familiar with the name. That's the uh, it's the largest pure play uh, animal health provider. It was spun out a few years back from Pfizer, and they uh, really it's kind of divided into two parts. The first part is um, you know companion health, uh, you know basically people's pets, and the second half being um, the other half being livestock and they're driven by a lot of long-term secular trends. Uh, With respect to companion health, um, people are just treating their pets more like members of the family, and they are spending increasing amounts on their pets' healthcare. I know that I can just, you know, I I go home to my family and I'm I'm pretty sure that, you know our cat Prince. My wife would probably sooner forego her own healthcare spending than you know than, than keep it away. Uh, you know from you know not spending on Prince. Um, but you know and that's something that does make it tends to be defensive in down markets. People don't cut that spending. And then as far as the livestock side, you know it, you, you benefit from just a, a rising global middle class means more protein consumption, and so they benefit from that. Um, you know it tends to be defensive in down markets. But at the same time, overall, the company has pricing power because of the fact that, you know, being a, a, a I mean, within the pharma space, being focused on on animal care, it means you don't necessarily deal with third party uh, payers to the quite the same extent. You don't have quite the same degree of regulatory risk. So, yeah, you know, and that's a name that's just trading at a discount to where it has in recent years. Um, you know, yeah, on the flip understood. side of the coin. Uh, Digital Realty Trust. You know that's one that's out of favor. It got hit pretty hard last year. They did um, replace their CEO late last year, and so there's a little bit of uncertainty there. But you know, the CFO that stepped in is someone who'd been groomed for the job for quite some time. And yeah, you know, this is a name. It's a REIT. They own they own data centers. And you know, right now the name you get in about 16 times. Funds for operations. Their closest peers are trading at north of 30 times. You have a fantastic four percent dividend yield and you know the demand for data centers is really driven by growth in demand for cloud computing and so they have a secular tailwind there that could drive uh, growth going forward and you know just rising demand for digital content is also a driver for them in, in that sense and you know as far as Costco because they're the largest owner of data centers they Do benefit from economies of scale. And you know, they also, a lot of the properties they own tend to be some of the most energy efficient in the industry. And so when we think of big data centers, um, you know, energy probably tends to be one of the biggest costs. And so they have that as sort of a support for their margins. Um
0: and And then
1: you know, finally, Verizon. You know, this is a good old-fashioned widows and orphans type name. Um, you know, everyone knows Verizon. You know, right now Verizon's trading about eight and a half times earnings. A lot of the global telecom peers are trading about 16 times earnings uh, right now. The discount between Verizon, just in the broader market, is about as steep as it's been in, in years. You have in this one about a six percent dividend yield, and uh, again they have, you know, among the telecom providers they have one of the best balance sheets, and you know they've recently invested a lot in upgrading their spectrum, and so they kind of closed the gap between themselves and T-Mobile and have some of the best uh, spectrum in the industry. It's really just a great way to again, it's sort of a, a pick and shovel play. You don't have to pick the winners within the digital space. You just know that everyone's having to utilize Verizon. I know that, you know, again, in our house, uh, we'd probably be more likely to uh, stop paying our, uh, you know, it, our you know, heating and cooling bills than, you know, cut off use of our cell phones. So um, you do have a defensive nature there as well.
0: I appreciate the explanation on each of those names. Burns McKinney, great to see you and FJ Investment Group. Thank you very much.